0: Hello, my name is Dr. Sam Webster and welcome to the first in a series of podcasts designed to help you with your embryology in the Development, Growth and Reproduction module. Um, Let me tell tell you a little bit first about my background, um, where I've come from to reach this point where I teach you anatomy and embryology. Uh, My degree was anatomical sciences, which taught me anatomy and how to do science, how to be a researcher. Following on from that, my PhD, was largely involved with cell biology, developmental biology and what have you, including embryology. Um, And leading on from that I've worked with embryology in blood development and in the development of cartilage and bone, um, largely with the growth plates of long bones and what have you. My research continues these days as um, cartilage repair, the repair of articular cartilage. Partly around the age of sporting injuries but also to do with more long-term injuries to cartilage such as osteoarthritis development and so on. So from these my role today is to teach you guys anatomy. You'll see me pretty much every week for about three hours each Monday morning. Not every week but most weeks we teach anatomy and most weeks I'll be there. Um, That module is led by Dr Joe Bishop who I, um, I help lead the module to some extent But my main role for module leadership is in the DGR module, Development, Growth and Reproduction, of which embryology is a key part. And we'll talk about DGR in a moment. Um, But other jobs that I have are to be a personal tutor to some of you to give you pastoral care, but an embryology tutor to all of you. As far as DGR is concerned, and this course as a whole, Uh, I'm sure that when you came for interview we told you this course was hard. I'm sure the students then told you the course was hard. And I bet you didn't believe us then. I bet you still don't believe us now. Come Christmas you'll be getting an idea of how hard this module is. Certainly um, the first term is tough. There's a lot of work. It's a long term and it's very difficult when you have your first set of exams. The second term you've probably settled into a little bit more. You'll be learning a lot of new terminology, a lot of new terminology um, developing a lot of new ideas depending upon your background um, and sometimes this is hard to keep up with but if you stick with it if you do the work around the lectures if you do the reading if you ask us questions you will hopefully pick up this vocabulary quite quickly and you what we say will make sense to you, and be easy for you to take in. Um, the lectures are meant to be an introduction to a certain extent Uh, within the handbooks that you have there are a list of learning objectives these learning objectives are directly linked into your assessment these are what you'll be examined on in the exams the lectures then are also based around these learning objectives but because this is a compressed course because you're doing a typical uh, three-year preclinical section of the medicine course in only two years the amount of time we have to give you lectures is limited so Uh, A lot of these learning objectives uh, can't be covered in all of the lectures. The lectures will usually cover the core topics, the areas that the lecturer sees as most important to their discipline. But you will need to read around the subject to um, get all the information you're going to need to pass your exams, to do well, to gain all the knowledge you're going to need to be an effective and uh, high quality practitioner. The lectures will help you. Uh, one of my recommendations would be turn up to the lectures. Uh, You will get something from all of them, hopefully. One thing I would say is that, particularly in embryology, you can't really expect me to give you tutorials if you don't turn up to the lectures. The lectures that I give will give you the basic facts, most of the facts you need to know. The tutorials then should be used after the lectures to help you have a one-to-one or a small group session with me to make sure that you understand some of the the, uh, the conceptual stuff some of the uh, say the shapes and what have you the form in embryology anything you're not clear on the lectures will help you a great deal hopefully in the first instance I've already mentioned reading but read read and read some more you will do a lot of reading if you speak to the uh, the second years of your course I think most of them will tell you that from day one you need to be reading around the subject keeping up with it reading before lectures and so on um, and if you get behind it's very difficult to get back on top again because of the workload involved speak to those second years get their advice they've been through this before they know what's good and what's bad a lot of this course is about time management and you need to get stuck into that early on discuss with your colleagues what you're learning work to understand the facts that you're getting not just learn the facts there will be a lot of rote learning but uh, in some modules the uh, the understanding of the facts is more important than the facts themselves. Um, if you know it, you should be explain, able to explain it to somebody else, uh, and it's a good method of testing how much you know. As for DGR then, DGR covers a range of subjects, uh, if we go through this roughly chronologically, we have embryology, or rather we have fertilization to start with, then we have embryology, uh, fetal development, neonatology, we have birth, um, we have child health <coughs> and child development and puberty and so on. We, we have um, reproduction, um, gynecology, obstetrics, aging, geriatric medicine. A whole lot and various other bits in between. So there are a wide range of subjects. It's very difficult for anybody, particularly the course leader, though the module leader, to be fully knowledgeable about all of these subjects. So what I can do as the DGR lead is help you with your embryology but I can point you to specialists in those other areas to help you with those areas, either with tutorials or what have you. You'll meet these people in lectures, you'll meet these people on locks, you'll meet them about the hospital. They're generally very friendly people. Uh, They've been teaching medicine for a very long time and they're very happy to, to help you. But if you have any queries about DGR, I'm quite a good Um, first point to come to and I can then send you off to the relevant people if you have any questions about DJI in general I'm the man to speak to (laughs) moving on to embryology then one of the key questions is why do you need to know human embryology it seems like a very dry subject particularly at first there are uh, there's a lot of detail and lots of people in their later careers claim that they don't really remember their embryology and don't really use it and i'd probably say that isn't true it's a very useful subject because it explains so many things about the adult human body um, as you learn your anatomy you'll probably be developing more questions about how's this formed why is it this shape why is that there and why is that here and embryology explains a lot of those questions it's the study of how structures form and therefore how abnormalities may arise. Um, abnormalities at birth aren't uncommon. A physician must know the causes of these abnormalities if you're to treat them and if you're to counsel the parents and properly explain to them what's happened. And for you to understand these abnormalities you first have to understand the, the normal method of development of these structures that have formed incorrectly. Abnormalities are often also linked to genetic problems So Embryology will aid you in your understanding of clinical genetics, which is also a a DGR topic. Um, With Embryology, as I've mentioned with lots of other modules, there will be uh, lots of new difficult terms early on. In the lectures I will try to provide glossaries to explain to you these new terms as you're reading them and as you're hearing them in my lectures. Uh, There are good textbook resources and uh wikipedia can be a good jumping off point for finding out about new terms but remember the wikipedia is something that's um edited by the masses it's um it's available for all to edit and it is moderated to a t- certain extent but use it as a jumping off point not a be all and end all resource uh wikipedia is um if you don't know it's an online encyclopedia uh wikipedia.com w i k i p e D-I-A. This is something that will appear in one of my lectures probably at the end of it. Don't use it as a reference in your essays, use it as a starting point, nothing more. Textbook resources are also very good. Uh, Langman's Embryology is a nice small embryology textbook, lots of pictures, not too much text, um, which will help you hopefully understand some of these new terms. As with some of the other subjects, this is a common thing we hear about from students who are learning medicine. Why do we learn it in this order? I don't understand this relative to that and so on and so on. Over time, your knowledge will build. Over time with anatomy, we learn it in regions, the different regions will become attached and you'll develop your, your whole understanding of anatomy and it will come together. The same with embryology. At the start it might seem a bit bizarre. The first couple of lectures are fairly straightforward. Um, they're introductory. But as we get into looking at the development of specific regions, which are generally taught in the same weeks as the anatomy of those specific regions, they often seem a little bit abstract. As the year goes on, as you look at the development of the entire embryo, these regions will start to come together and the whole thing will make more sense. Later in the year, your vocabulary will be better, so a lot of the lectures will be easier to understand and the whole thing will be a lot clearer, I hope. Um, So this is something that's going to grow. Another good reason for learning human embryology is that the embryology and development teaching is tied into the anatomy teaching not just weekly but also um, structurally. So when you look at the the anatomy of the of the GI tract, of the gastrointestinal tract, you're looking at the small intestines and wondering why they're attached to the um, posterior abdominal wall in such a, uh, a short and specific manner, the lecture in the Embryology of the gut, hopefully within one of those same weeks, will explain to you how the gut has elongated and twisted and folded and dropped into position, which will explain A, how the blood vessels reach that tissue, B, why it's attached to the posterior abdominal wall in such a way, why it looks like this, and so on and so on. So really, I'd say that if you didn't learn human embryology, you'd leave the course with an awful lot of questions that would be raised through your other studies. So embryology is very, very useful. I hope you'll find it useful. I hope you'll find it interesting. Okay then, so to uh, finish up, let's talk about um, the list of embryology topics for the year. We have 11 lectures. And then we'll talk about the aims of this podcast and how you should probably use it. But then you may well find different ways of using it, I'm sure you'll tell me. So the Embryology Topics of the Year. um, As I mentioned, we have 11 lectures, I think. They're in a series which are roughly in chronological order and which tie in usually fairly well to the anatomy teaching at the time. And the anatomy teaching ties into, often into, the teaching of other modules at a similar time uh, throughout the first year. So the first lecture is the introduction to embryology and development, whereby we introduce you to uh, the principles of growth and development, but we also talk about uh, the menstrual cycle, laws of abortion and that sort of thing. The second lecture then is uh, another early one where we talk about the development of the embryo up to 18 days, which is a key point in uh, the development of the human embryo. a number of reasons. So we'll talk about gastrulation which is a key process um, giving rise to all the cells that will form the future embryo and we talk about the formation of major structures. Moving on then we have the development of the alimentary tract in utero. So we talk about the, uh, the folding and the shaping of the embryo and how that gives rise to the gut tube and then the development of the gut from that. And that ties in with the anatomy teaching at that time, which will help you. Uh, after that, we have the embryology of the musculoskeletal system. Again, in anatomy, we would have moved on to musculoskeletal um, teaching and the musculoskeletal panels teaching is at that same time. So in the embryology lecture, we talk about limb development and the formation of the skeleton, but we also uh, talk about the somites and what have you. Uh, After Christmas we have the development of the heart and blood vessels which I think will be given to you by Dr Malcolm Turner where we talk about the formation of the circulatory system and also the changes that occur with birth relating of course to hole in the heart babies. We then have the embryology of the respiratory tract so we talk about the formation and the maturation of the lungs um, from which we can then talk about why preterm babies have problems breathing when they're born so early we then move on to the embryology of the urinary system so we talk about kidney and bladder development again we've moved into the pelvis by that point when we're talking about the anatomy so we're talking about um, urinary structures after that is the embryology of the endocrine system where we talk about the formation of a number of endocrine organs such as the pituitary gland, the thyroid gland, the adrenal glands, the pancreas, key structures and the embryology really helps you in understanding how these glands work and why their histology is um, as it is. It explains quite a bit. After that we have the embryology of the male and female reproductive tracts and this ties in with a couple of weeks of busy teaching for the development, growth and reproduction module. Uh, In that embryology lecture we then talk about the development of the gonads, and their route of descent, which really helps understand some of the anatomy. And we talk about the formation of the external genitalia. This then ties in with a lot of obs and gyne teaching of those two weeks, which is very helpful. After that then, in the next term, we move into head and neck anatomy. So we talk about the formation of the pharyngeal or branchial arches, structures which go on to form most of the structures of the, the head and neck and by understanding the uh, pharyngeal arches it gives some sense to the complexity of the structures that you find in the head and neck. So it really does help your anatomy and neuroanatomy. The final lecture in the series then is neuroembryology given by Dr Andrew Coogan where he talks about the formation of the neural tube and neural crest cells and the brain and so on and so on. So I hope you can see then through that series that by the end you've really covered a number of Uh, systems within the developing embryo and that the embryo and embryology as a whole starts to become a little bit more complete, a little bit easier to understand. So lastly then, let's talk about the aims of this podcast. This material is largely supplementary to the lectures. I'd like to add a little bit more detail into these than maybe I'd like to go into in the lectures. They say that in a really good high quality, interesting lecture, the student will probably take away about 70% of that lecture. Whereas uh, if we give you similar information or maybe I can give you more detailed information in a podcast or in this sort of audio material, you have the chance to replay them and you can listen to them in your own time. We give you a little bit of flexibility to learning. That way, hopefully you'll take in more and more from this presentation. So it's extra material to the lecture. Within the lecture, I'll be pointing at things, occasionally drawing things, bringing in materials, asking and answering questions. So it's it's really not a reason for not going to the lecture, it's additional to the lecture. Also with this, I'd like to add some images to accompany the audio, but these are gonna to have to be quite specific images, um, both to fit the size of the screen and to be useful, and also to avoid uh, copyright issues and what have you. You should see an image now, either within iTunes or on your photo or video iPod and this image will change shortly to a different image. And we can do different things then, or similar things, throughout um, lecture-based podcasts. Something you might want to do is to play this audio alongside the PowerPoint presentation, which is usually available in Blackboard, and that's how I'll record them, so that the audio will match the slides. Uh, In most lectures, most lecturers will probably give you handouts and most lecturers will provide PowerPoint presentation for Blackboard. Please be aware that this isn't always the case. We have a wide range of teachers teaching you medicine from a wide range of backgrounds and with a wide range of uh, different viewpoints. Some will give you handouts, some will not. Some will give you PowerPoint presentations, some will teach you in other ways, some will allow PowerPoint presentations up onto Blackboard, some will have confidential images which you can't put onto an electronic uh, information retrieval system. So you can't expect for all of the presentations to go on Blackboard, you can't expect all of the lecturers to give you handouts, there will be a, a variety of teaching styles. So one of the aims of this podcast then is to be supplementary to the lecture material. It's to give you something you can listen to again if you need to, to replay, um, and it's to give you some flexibility of learning, which is one of the phrases we use quite a bit in Swansea. You are graduates, you learn how to learn, that's another phrase we use quite a bit. So we try and give you flexibility of learning. We try and give you as many uh, learning materials as possible that you can use as flexibly as possible to give you the best opportunity to get all this information into your heads um, for your exams and for your future careers. Well that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope it's been useful. I hope the the future podcast will be useful to you as well. Enjoy Swansea, enjoy medicine, You're all very motivated. Uh, We'll give you a lot of hard work, but I think you'll uh, enjoy it, appreciate it, and you'll learn a lot. And uh, next time we will be talking about the introduction to embryology and development.